Welcome to HealthCast. We're your hosts, Faith Bryan, Melissa Harris, and Adam Patterson. This special episode looks back at some of the highlights from our AI New Horizons in Medicine virtual event, where leaders across the federal government talked about the impact of AI in healthcare, especially as a country responds to the COVID-19 pandemic. Federal agencies are looking into advancements made in artificial intelligence and data analytics to rapidly research, understand, and effectively treat people with COVID-19, as well as other medical conditions. Last week at our virtual event, we gathered leading health researchers, data analysts, and AI experts from across the federal government to see how they're using AI for biomedical research and contributing to the pandemic response. This includes those from the Department of Health and Human Services, Veterans Affairs, Defense Department, and more. Throughout these conversations, officials highlighted that as nice as it is to pedestal the potential of AI technologies, you can't get there without a handle on your data first. VA Director of AI, Gil Alterovitz, helped explain this by underscoring how difficult it is these days to process and make actionable mass amounts of data being created on a daily basis. I think that's what makes AI in some ways also, um, you know, hard to understand and, and explain because you, it's not tangible because there's so much information at such a fast rate that you can't actually have it right in front of you. Um, and why it's really important right now, and I think why a number of agencies are really looking at it is because that's the world that we're living in today. The world we're living in today is information that is coming at us so quickly and at such large volumes that we can't actually sit down and take either a paper or a pencil or a look at it in a spreadsheet. Um, we essentially need the assistance of uh, computers and, and so forth to give us that information. It doesn't mean that they're deciding, uh, making decisions, but they can help and aid and give us supplementary information so we can make the best decisions that we can. Officials are also trying to gain visibility into health data and centralize it in a way that makes it easily accessible and usable such as with Chris Nichols' program at the Defense Health Management Systems Enterprise Intelligence and Data Solutions Program. Health IT data is not just health data, right? It's not just EHR data. It's all the subsequent data that surrounds that. I look at EHR data, honestly, as one source, one data source. Myriad in our, in our current environment, but you know when we talk about health data, we're also, we need to be focused on social determinant data, uh, biomedical device data, over time, genomic, uh, proteomic data, uh, imaging data, et cetera, because that's where you're going to really get the source and, and, and capability to really drive the insights with things like AI and machine learning, et cetera. Nichols discussed how centralizing data assets through recent cloud compute and storage initiatives will make it easier for health officials to conduct advanced data analytics and integrate both new and longitudinal data sets to draw new insights. So our big focus right now is, is smoothing everything out and then starting to integrate and in how we will leverage it and putting, putting all the right processes in place so we can know where the data is and so then we're also onboarding all of the historical in data into the MIP. So then we have one space that we're tying in the future state data with all the longitudinal historical data. As organizations like the military health system try to gain visibility into and consolidate data assets in cloud environments for use, frontline medical workers and researchers have been applying data to AI and machine learning technologies to be more agile and precise in clinical care delivery and discoveries. 
Alistair Thompson, the CIO of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, highlighted that AI has become essential in his organization's programs and has been enabled by cloud-based research platforms such as Biodata Catalyst. Uh, AI has become a, a really important part of what we do, and it's really been enabled by uh, the, the technologies of the cloud, GPUs, and other techniques which have just made uh, machine learning techniques, deep neural networks, and, and other uh, elements of, of AI feasible in ways that we've never thought before. Um, you know, for instance, we have a, a program working with the University of North Carolina within Biodata Catalyst uh, that's working on using <coughs> deep learning uh, to quantify pulmonary vascular remodeling uh, in COPD. So in CP COPD, uh, the, the vasculature in the, uh, the lung changes and shifts. Uh, interestingly, we're also seeing that in COVID-19. Uh, but that's an area where uh, entirely new research methods have been developed in order to actually understand what is happening uh, deep within the lung uh, from CT images. Uh, it's something we've never been able to do before. Thompson explained that previously built AI models and research efforts, such as the agency's vasculature deep learning algorithm for COPD, could be translated to support COVID-19 diagnosis and treatment for patients at the point of care. Uh, I mentioned the vasculature uh, deep learning algorithm for COPD. We're now applying that to uh, both CT imaging and chest x-rays from COVID uh, to look for, for instance, uh, early detection of pneumonia uh, in chest x-rays that, that you know a, a radiologist is not necessarily able to see. Uh, and doing that at point of care, you know, the chest X-ray comes out of the portable machine. They take a photo of it on their phone. They submit it, and it gives them a read on other some things in here that are going to be indicative that this person is going to end up in the ICU. Yeah. Uh, and then tracking that through to how are we treating them in the ICU? How are we then going to treat them when they come out of the ICU afterwards? Although the agency is still focused on finding solutions to heart disease, the leading cause of death in the U.S. Thompson noted that the pandemic has caused the agency to shift its priorities, focusing mostly on understanding the long-term health effects caused by the novel coronavirus to other organs in the body. And I think the one thing that has become crystal clear in the last few months is that this is not your average respiratory disease. It is having long-term, it's going to have long-term effects. It attacks the heart, the kidneys, the brain. All of these are going to be uh, you know, affected for, for a long time to come. Another National Institutes of Health agency, the National Institute of Biomedical Imaging and Bioengineering, has also seen fast growth in AI-related tools across its research and efforts to improve clinical decision-making. It recently established an NIH-funded consortium called Medical Imaging and Data Resource Center, which aims to use AI in analyzing medical imaging data to assess patients' disease risks and develop innovative tools for early COVID-19 detection at the point of care. NIBIB's National Technology Center Program Director, Baruz Shebastari, hinted at a potential AI COVID-19 diagnosis device that could come out of the agency's work. It happens in all of the point of care devices. Uh, I mean, there's unbelievable interest in application in a COVID. What would be an application that is uh, basically, uh, if it works, it would be great, is a uh, you breathe into a device and then based on breathing, the same as what the cops use to detect in the alcohol level. So you breathe to the device and it will tell you you have a COVID or not. 
The National Library of Medicine is also scaling up pre-existing databases and algorithmic capabilities to help address the COVID-19 pandemic. As NLM Director Patty Brennan noted, The National Library of Medicine now has a repository of over 30 million articles, almost 100,000 of which could be useful in the COVID discovery. But finding those articles quickly is a challenge. Our researchers, including Jingzheng Li, has put together an AI-driven algorithm to better search the, the literature, to bring a, use a relevance-based ranking to bring, bring the COVID-related literature by location, by the kind of, whether it's a therapeutic trial or a vaccine trial, and most importantly, by the, the most recent results. We're also bringing in preprints. So the COVID literature is now informed by very quick turnaround from the literature. So we're accelerating the access to the literature just as the computational folks are accelerating the use of it and the application of the findings. The agency is heavily invested in AI technology to make the library's massive repository of scientific articles more easily searchable, particularly through a new initiative called AIM. With my colleagues Bruce Tromberg from NIBIB and Eric Green from the Genome Institute, we are helping the Common Fund launch a new initiative called ABLE, Artificial Intelligence for Biomedical Excellence. This is a $160 million seven-year program that's designed to do a number of things to accelerate biomedical uses of artificial intelligence, create data design centers, develop what we call gold data sets, that is AI-ready data sets, driven not by original hypotheses, but rather from a discovery perspective. And finally, to develop the ethical, legal, and social guidance to make sure that the knowledge we build is reflective of and meaningful to society as a whole. Other areas outside of NIH are looking to AI tools to further their research efforts as well. At the Biological Technologies Office of DARPA, or the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, Various programs are examining health and medical data in innovative ways to prevent disease spread and learn more about pathogenic threats. We were joined by DARPA program manager Rohit Chale to learn more about his pre-op program, which aims to prevent zoonotic disease transmission. One area of that program involved working with UC Davis and using AI and machine learning to learn how to prevent loss of fever virus from spreading to humans. So we have UC Davis, University of California, Davis, that is actually looking at a disease that's big in West Africa called Lassa fever virus. And so trying to prevent the spillover of Lassa fever virus from rodents into humans. So that's, you know, they do that using some really neat AI, some machine learning, boosted regression trees, for example, to understand what's the sort of remote precipitation data, what's going on in the climate uh, in the area, uh, what are the species of vectors in that area, which, which, what's the burden of, of illness or infectious disease in those rodents, and what are factors that might be involved with spillover to, uh, to humans. The so UC Davis is working on a scalable countermeasure that basically would be a vaccine that you'd put into the rodents that would then propagate through several generations, and that would then stop loss of fever virus within the road. Just from the stories of these few medical scientists and officials, we can really understand the essential role that data plays in AI, both in the clinical and research arenas. Without quality data, we can't get to good AI, and successful algorithmic models, in turn, can help analysts continue to process and understand voluminous data in better ways. And there was one final area that we learned about during our AI virtual event, and that was in how the Department of Health and Human Services, Office of the Inspector General, is applying predictive analytics to datasets in order to prevent fraud and abuse of healthcare grants and funds. Although this is ordinarily a typical challenge for HHS, 
with the massive injection of funding that came from the CARES Act this spring, and with many people and organizations rushing to get emergency funding to serve patients and stay afloat amid COVID-19, catching bad actors who abuse these resources is incredibly important. Carol Brzmalskiewicz, HHS OIG's chief data officer, explained how her team has been leveraging predictive analytics to catch fraud and abuse with high-risk doctors across the healthcare system. She provided one example describing how these advanced analytics assisted her team in identifying an opioid pill myth. Um, Of course, this is always a journey, but we found an opioid prescriber that had a high risk score in our predictive analytics, and he had some concerning statistics as compared to their peers. So, right, the volumes of data we're looking at with some of the Medicare claims data, it's a lot for a single person to look at. So we're trying to leverage AI and ML techniques to help us rapidly build these models and help us pinpoint where we need to focus on investigative effort. So in talking with our agents and showing them these high-risk models and the results, it actually led to opening a case. Um, so ultimately, the pill mill doctor was convicted on 16 counts of healthcare fraud and illegally dispensing drugs. So in part of this journey, right, we have to convey information to our partners, our agents, right, within our Office of Investigations, who also have to work with the Department of Justice to prosecute these cases, and ultimately that have to go in front of a judge and jury to explain what they're seeing in the data and everything else that they're finding in, in the case. So um, in this particular case, too, we actually had one of my staff was an expert witness at trial, a subject matter expert, to talk about what we found on the data and how it came to be and how, it, you know, in some of the statistics, it looked like an outlier. But it's really a powerful way of rapidly going through the data to sift through that data, specifically target potentially high-risk providers to focus our program integrity efforts. There are many applications for AI across the field of medicine and healthcare, from the most advanced clinical research to making administrative and payments processing better and more efficient. And it's encouraging to learn how medical experts and agency officials are working hand-in-hand with emerging technologies and in turn enabling valuable scientific breakthroughs to help the public not only address COVID-19, but other serious health conditions. Of course, these conversations we had at our event are just some of the many, many efforts across the healthcare industry to adopt technologies like artificial intelligence into their practices. And as other efforts and programs like the ones we heard about today continue to evolve, listen, like, and subscribe to HealthCast to stay up to date on the future of medical innovation. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, Adam Patterson, and Faith Bryan. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.